podcast time. Welcome to the Slothard Land, a movies by minute podcast of the John Landis written and directed film, An American Werewolf in London. That's your host, Troy. Uh-huh. And I'm Adrian. And we'd like to welcome you to this particular <laughs> minute of the movie, which is minute. It's it's the scary minute that Troy couldn't watch. <laughs> yes, the dreaded minute 17. So this particular minute starts with Jack saying, come on, and ends with David slowly looking towards camera. So the boys, while being uh, stalked, are in uh, total flight mode. They're almost about to break into a full-out run, and neither is sure where they're going, but... Jack! What? Where are we going? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. Those jackets look so sexy with the belts from their backpacks squishing, squishing them around, around like that. <laughs> yeah, they're... yeah. <laughs> they are definitely secured into those uh, backpacks, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess you have to when you're running across the moors in the rain. Mm-hmm. So, um... Well, look at how very David Tennant he looks in that shot. Well, you know what? Griffin Dunn does look a little in that one particular, the, the freeze frame that we have on hey. here. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. So a little bit of an editorial about uh, minute 17 of the movie... So, from the very first uh, episode, episode zero that I put out there, I explained my uh, stumbling block with this movie way back when I was 12. Um, It was basically this minute that terrified me so much I could not get past it. Um, So, it was my 12-year-old self, and in 1983, I believe it was both, uh, I think it was either May or June, and... And October, um, where I had uh, two attempts to watch this movie. Once at a birthday party. Someone showed that at a birthday party? Someone showed this at a birthday party, Mm. yeah. Wow. Like 12, 13-year-olds, yeah. Huh. Not that there was 12, 13-year-olds, the 12 to 13-year-olds. Like, the group of us were between the ages of 12 and 13. (laughs) Could you imagine showing that to John's friends when they were 12 or 13? Yeah, that would have been. Uh, yeah, that would have been <laughs> interesting. <Nick>? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so um, I basically got to that moment. Was so terrified, I actually had to leave the room that and went to another room where they were playing. Can't remember which video game system it was, but it was probably like the Atari, or maybe the ColecoVision. Commodore. Maybe. Um. So yeah, and then. That year, someone had it at a Halloween party, and I could not sit through that at all. (laughs) Um, However, in uh, December of 1983 is when uh, Michael Jackson released the video for Thriller. until a whole entire year later in October of uh, 1984 is when they when I actually saw on Halloween night the Michael Jackson thriller followed by the documentary making of Michael Jackson's thriller at the time um, I had been really interested in 
how movies are made, behind the scenes stuff, and I was really into costuming and makeup. At um, the time. At he the still time. Is. I still am. <laughs> but I was really into that sort of thing, um, all because of Star Wars for the most part, because it was such a spectacular costume makeup sort of deal that I got drawn into that sort of creative world. I just like pretending I'm someone else. And then uh, at the time, it was always kind of hard to find behind the scenes making of stuff. You saw whatever you did on like whatever aired on Entertainment Tonight. Day in like a like a 30 second clip or a little shot behind the scenes here. But this was a 45 minute documentary about the making of the thriller video, which I loved. I mean, the zombies, the werewolves and all that. Now, I had known about John Landis before because I had been introduced to the Blues Brothers and Animal House. I've seen the Blues Brothers. Yeah, long before uh, uh, American Wolf in London and part of the documentary is John Landis talking about his other movies and how Michael Jackson's only movie that he'd ever seen was An American World from London. And then they introduced us to a particular person that went by the name of Rick Baker, who was the makeup artist on Thriller, who also turned out to be the, the main guy in the makeup department for who was responsible for the makeup effects in an American world from London. And after I sat through the whole entire documentary, I was all like, Oh, I've got to see how this movie turns out because this Rick Baker guy is, is awesome. Is so awesome. That's why they had him. On and I really like John Lannis and I didn't realize at the time, even though I probably read his name in the credits who that John Lannis was responsible for an American world from London. So I decided right then and there, no matter what, I was going to get past this minute 17, Mm -hmm. which obviously at the time I didn't know was minute 17. It was just like very early in the movie. (laughs) So that being said, at this point in my life, this movie became my favorite horror film. I don't think anything has come as close to me having an enjoyment for this movie horror-wise than anything. So... At this point, we're only like four seconds into the the guys running. When uh, when Jack says the line, I'll now tell he you looks when like Mister Bean. There. What? No, you're now you're just no mm. no. You, you're, so you're saying in this picture, in this shot, again, we've just paused it a couple <laughs> seconds later, where he mer- morphs from. He's morphed. Look at he's got Mister Bean's eyebrows. He now looks and he's doing like, a Mister Bean mouth thing. He now looks like Rowan Atkins. He totally looks like Mr. Bean. This is all Griffin Dunn. Hmm. I am in a race. Okay. All right. <laughs> I am going to win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, as Jack says the line, I'll tell you when we get there, David falls. And the way it looks like he's actually slipped on a banana peel. Yeah, he totally looks like he just, like his legs just flew out right from underneath. But him. the great thing about it is that there's no portrayal. <laughs> There's no betrayal in Griffin Dunn's face. Like, Jack is totally taken. Yeah. Oof. Like, like even, like, both of them scream at the same time. <laughs> one, yeah. fa- one falls, the other one screams. And it, I think just the timing was so Maybe he didn't know he done. was actually going to fall. Maybe it was a surprise. Maybe it was a surprise, yeah. <laughs> you really scared me, you shithead. That wasn't in the script. <laughs> 
Yeah, so... So, um... Jack laughs off the fall by calling David a shithead. And once Jack reaches up to help David... You're gonna help me up or what? And that's when the attack happens. That's right. An attack happens. Yeah. Um, that's you would think cool. that those puffy, puffy coats would protect them from their attacking, because those are puffy, puffy coats. Well, that's a pretty big wolf, though, that attacks them. But, uh, but you would think it would get suffocated by all the feathers, wouldn't be able to breathe, and would just kill over it. Maybe. Not a philosophist. Um, so actually, if I can't quite get it here, but one time I pause the screen, and I actually get a double image. I get uh, Jack standing there, reaching out his hand to pull up David, and from the very side of the screen you see the wolf, but because it's a transition shot, you actually see an out, like, uh, 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 a ghost-like image of the wolf's head coming forward where Jack's face is. So it's like a double shot sort oh. of thing. Yeah, it looked really cool. And I tried to reproduce it like several other times, but I couldn't get it. Hopefully I'll be able to track it down one time. David then falls back to the ground and uh, the werewolf is on top of Jack, thrashing about. Uh, and then we cut back to a startled David who rolls off his back and races away. Yeah, he ran away. Yeah. Jerk. Well, back and forth cuts of David running away terrified, mixed with shots of Jack screaming, being torn apart, yelling for David. Uh, Jack screaming about being torn apart. Um, only a few seconds into his mad dash, uh, it, do it dawns on, on David what actually realizes what's going on. And he turns back to help Jack. I don't know, David. What's going yeah, and however, the werewolf gives one final snapping bite at uh, Jack and retreats off camera. And then back to David, still running back only to find the now dead, mutilated, and bloody body of his friend. Uh, I mean... It kind of serves him right, because if he hadn't brought up the nonsense about the star on the wall, they wouldn't have got kicked out of the pub, and he wouldn't be dead now. But on the other hand, your friend ran away and left you to die. It's kind of not nice. Uh, then we come up on a the frame, and then in quick procession, it's Jack's body, werewolf, David knocked down Stop. by the werewolf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> David, Jack, werewolf, <laughs> Dr. Scott, Rocky, uh, Janet, Dr. Scott, Janet, ah, Rocky. Uh, <laughs> uh, so basically it goes uh, the werewolf, the wolf slashing, David being slashed, the werewolf, David, werewolf, David, pub patrons with the guns that go off. <laughs> wolf howl as it falls over, uh, and then uh, David looking up towards the camera and then slowly from and then we see david's uh point of view which is the night sky as a little bit of fog rolls over then a shot of the pub patrons as they rush towards david now and it's a then, nice shot of them with the like all of them with the guns and then mm -hmm. after the guns have fired and they're all like yeah. kind of smoking a bit it's a really nice yeah. shot um yeah so there's two gunshots that we hear go off but there was a lot more than two guns. Yes, there were a lot more yeah. than two guns, yeah. yes. 
So then there's a profile shot of David who is on the lying on the ground on his back and his head slowly turns towards camera. So over on the commentary track, when the wolf attacks, both uh, David Naughton and Griffin Dunn say, Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Then, enter, uh, then David interjects the line just as his character scrambles to his feet. Sorry, Jack. Gotta go. That was amazing. <laughs> gotta uh, go. Yeah. Griffin uh, points out how he really got into screaming. He uh, knew that uh, John just wanted him to go for it knowing it was going to be brutal, and when the shot of Jack's corpse is seen laying there, he points out, well, there's your proof. He explains the creature was half a wolf on a wheelbarrow, and that they would simply push it in and shake it about. It was really quite primitive. So according to the script... It's actually pretty much almost exactly as it is in the movie, except for the script version. When David runs from the attack, he runs until he falls out of breath. And that's when he realizes that he's left Jack behind and gets back up and runs back to Jack. Other than that, the rest of it is exactly as it plays out in the actual final movie. For the radio drama, uh, it is obviously apparent that the when the boys start to run, that David announces that he's fallen. Uh, again, seeing there's no visuals. Plus, Jack tells David to take his hand. However, when the werewolf attacks uh, Jack, it doesn't seem like David takes off running, like in the movie, but sounds like he's unable to get to Jack, who is screaming and yelling while getting torn apart. So it seems like once the attack is over, David finds Jack's body. So the werewolf must have taken Jack away, and it was so dark that David couldn't see. But once he does discover Jack, he uh, terrifiedly describes how torn apart he is and how much blood could still be in him. And he, David, questions the creature's whereabouts. Just then he gets attacked. This time, however, the uh, patrons of the slaughtered lamb who have shown up are there and actually announce uh, what they are going to be doing and with the aiming and firing of their guns. Right? I like that gun firing thing. That gun firing thing is good, yes. And on that note, that brings us to the end of another minute of An American Well from London and... The end of this episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcatchers. And if you would like to be so kind as to share, rate, and review us, that would be really cool. If you feel like following this podcast on the social media, you can follow Planet Geek Pod all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to send us a message via email, send it to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. Would you like to add anything else to this episode there, Miss Adrian? Do you want to do the closing? Oh, yeah.
I mean, I guess I could. Not that these idiots listen anyway. It's good advice. They should have followed it. So until next time, remember to keep off the moors, stick to the roads. Best of luck. I one time got embarrassed because of the Blues Brothers. You got embarrassed because of the Blues Brothers? Yeah. We went to a steak and shake. <laughs> and there was they had statues of Jake and Elwood, like life-size statues of Jake and Elwood just inside the door. And I was sleep deprived because we were either driving to a convention or driving, like Dragon Con, or driving home from Dragon Con. I think we were driving there because I was super ramped up, so I was really excited. So, and I was starving. And we go into the Steak and Shake, and I see Jake and Elwood there, and I go, Blues Brothers, shit, they still owe me some money. And I turned around, and the entire waitstaff, which were all people of color, were staring at me. And I had done a really bad impression, so. Anyway, that was my really embarrassing story about the Blues Brothers. There you go. Thank you, John Landis, for that. I mean, it's a really good movie. No, it's a good movie, yeah. And those statues are really cool. And then we saw some that were, like, on sale on, like, one of those shows. One of those, like, picker shows. Right. And they had them, and I was like, oh, I saw those in a steak and shake. And I was like, <laughs> I would really love to have those. But just so that I could yell at them all the time. That there they owed go. me some money. There you go. All right, so back to the minute. Um, so I'm lost in my notes.